This episode of RFK Refugees is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to ensure that there are future episodes and help this show grow, visit patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. That's patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees podcast, first podcast of the new decade. Ted here, John here. Sorry, sorry we were not as, uh, we did not close out the decade the way we wanted to. Um, I caught the flu, um, so it would not have been, you know, if you wanted a podcast of me, like, sounding like I'd smoked a bunch of cigarettes and coughing up lungs and stuff like that, then, you you know, I- I'm sorry, but I just, I figured most people wouldn't want that. Um, so we decided to take a break. Uh, I posted this on Twitter, but if you haven't known, uh, if you haven't seen it, if you are a Patreon subscriber and wondering why uh, your Patreon money didn't go through, don't 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 try to throw money back at us. Uh, you know, it, it can be tempting, I know, but uh, we decided since we only did one episode in December, um, and we and we like we're trying to keep it at least two episodes uh, before we we take you all's the money that you guys wonderfully give to us on our Patreon page. Uh, patreon.com slash rfk refugees uh decided to pause that for january so uh you are getting a a free month of shows uh even though well you're getting a free month so uh we're not charging you this month uh we'll probably resume it i imagine we're gonna have some more shows to talk about lots coming up the the off season is in full swing as they say but before we get to that john how are you doing my friend i'm great uh just so people understand i i talked to ted very briefly uh, a couple days ago and his voice was so wacky, I didn't know it was him. So if we had done this podcast <laughs> last week, it would have sounded like me, like I always sound. And then like there's some where there was some weird guy that was filling in for Ted that knew everything Ted knew. So <laughs> this was good. We did the right thing. Yes, we did. We did the right thing. We want to want to make sure we're 100 percent healthy. So hopefully, hopefully the healthiness. Hopefully, I'm, I'm getting the sickness out of the way, and the healthiness will continue on to in through the rest of the season. I don't know. We got that February 29th game, um, which if we have that, I might be. Uh, who knows? Might come back from that sick. Uh, but uh, DC United, uh, th- things are happening. Things be happening. It, well, let's let, let's kind of let, let's take a step back. So let's go back. So December rolls around, and I and I feel like we were both kind of in a similar place of just being kind of frustrated with the team. I think I even tweeted out like you know, sort of poking fun, so to speak, at uh, DC United's. Uh, you know, they've had many, many, you know, they've had many slogans that they've had throughout the years. They've had, you know, win championships, serve the community. Then it was tradition. And I made kind of the joke because it was looking like um, they were looking at a few players. Uh, most of them appeared to be um, loan options with, you know, loans with options to buy. And, you know, those are are, are fine. Uh, th- those are okay. Those are, you know, they they, um, they bring in talented players. They're They're low risk. You know they're they're it's like, like a car a, lease. It's like a car lease. It's a car you lease. In, you get into a car that you can't really afford, and you get to have it for a couple of years, and then you get rid of it. Yeah, exactly. And so you know, I tweeted out and I said, you know, loan with an option to buy is becoming like the new slogan. It's like what DC Knight is only doing, and you know, it does lead good rewards. It led us to um, Luciano Acosta. Um, we had, of course, Emil Assad, who we couldn't negotiate a deal with, and and that's sort of the downside of it is DC Knight. It doesn't seem like you know the the option comes around and the team's like. All right, great. So we'll take that uh, two million dollars, and DC United's like, ah, no. How about like one million? And they're like, ah, no, we'll just take them back. We're we're good. So you know, it, it, 
to me, I, I made the point. I'm like, you know, it, it seems like they're a team that is kind of like the poker player who's just checking, trying to get to the the flop to see what he has and then fold immediately. Um, and it's not at a certain point, and particularly with, with how everyone else is handling MLS, at a particular point, you need to maybe throw your chips in. You need to maybe hedge your bets and say, you know what, we like this guy, let's go get him. You know, let's buy him, let's bring him in. Um, and, and then the New Year rolls What around. a lead-in, by the way, Ted. Yeah, what, what, <laughs> what a tie-in. Amazing. Professional tie-in. I See, I wanted to go back. I wanted to I wanted to, to sort of get, give, give our thoughts about what we're feeling because suddenly uh, things exploded. Well, I guess when was that? Probably around this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, or maybe it was around Friday. I can't remember. But the, things have just exploded. The blur. It, it, it's been all just one blur. There's been like there, – there's like we've got maybe like – five shows worth of content that we could go through at this point with the amount of stuff. It's like they completely made up for it. So let's start with the the, the first big one, which is um, it was sort of announced uh, DC United was looking at uh, two players, uh, Brian Lozano and um, Edison Flores. Uh, Edison Flores is now apparently a done deal. Um, he is a Peruvian national team winger, uh, 47 caps, 13 goals. So for a winger, that's a, a pretty good strike rate. Um, he's played all around, looks like Universito with Peru, um, Via Real B in Spain, uh, then back to, um, Universitario and then to Denmark. Uh, and then he seems like he really kind of found his place in Morelia. He's sort of a, he's been one of their sort of main players as, as they sort of made a playoff run and everything, uh, 45 appearances and 12 goals for Morelia. So, you know, again, we don't watch, you know, I, I'm trying to watch more Liga MX. It's, it's not on a channels I get regularly, so it's kind of difficult to watch. Um, and you're talking to Atlas's new number one fan over here, so yes. <laughs> uh, I will certainly be knowing things about Liga MX yes. now. And I think I think at this point now, I think we should start realizing that we maybe we should start paying attention more because it seems like MLS is going on like raiding parties around all of Liga MX and like buying they players. They definitely are. <laughs> it's very strange. It's like they were like, you know what really sucks? Losing to them in CONCACAF Champions League. You know what would be better if we just bought all their players. That would be cheaper. Let's do that. Which which I'm 100% for. I think that's I think it's a great thing and it's a great way to establish a relationship with the league that you're going to constantly be getting players. I mean, if you can't beat them, join them is I guess the the phrase that we're seeing being played around right now. Um, you know, it, and I, and I think this move, you know, we'll we'll get to Brian Lozano here in a, here in a minute, here in a minute. But let's talk about the let's talk about the guy who's definitely going to be here Edison Flores. Apparently, he's already um on his way. Uh, it's pretty much a done deal. Not official yet, you know the old saying. You know, don't don't say anything until hold up the jersey. But it, for for all intents and purposes, he, he's basically here. See Juan Sebastian Verone for uh, the, <laughs> the value of of being very cautious here. Yes, yes, very much so. But I, I don't think this is going to be a you know Sebastian Verone situation. It doesn't appear like it's going to be. No, no I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. I hope we move past those uh, past those moments. Uh, but the significance of the deal is uh, a five million dollar transfer fee. Which already record. breaks record. It, not only does it break the record, but it is more than what DC United paid for both Luciano Costa and Paul Ariola combined. Um, that's that's not insignificant. Now, five million dollars is like chump change compared to like the rest of the world, but that for, doesn't matter. Yeah, for, that's for, irrelevant. It, it does, what the rest of the there were a lot. That's what all of the Twitter was talking about. Like that's nothing. That's like a that's like a backup third tier left back in the championship. I don't care. I do not care whatsoever. I don't care either. I, I think what's more significant about this move is not only is it the five million, but it's also two million a year for five years. They love this guy. They yeah. have to love. They must feel really strongly about him. That that is significant. That is a significant amount of investment for a team. 
now that that basically opens the door where you have a good maybe one two seasons he plays well another team comes sniffing around wants to sell him you can sell him on for you know for a major fee so they not only like this guy but i mean they have this guy locked down this isn't like a three-year deal this isn't like a two year two year with an option type type situation this is a five-year they they are holding down now i imagine maybe it's probably like maybe four years with a year option would be my guess um with kind of how mls contracts work but i mean for a sense he's he's under contract till he's 30 um so DC United is getting this guy in the prime of his career. Um, so it's 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 an incredible amount of investment. Um, and you know, again, we don't you know we don't really I can't really give you a you know full breakdown tactical analysis. He looks like he's a very speedy winger, uh, good with his feet. If you watch anything about Liga MX, it's a very very fast paced game. It's actually very very fun to watch. Um, but based on what a lot of people are saying, there are a lot of people that are like DC United got a really good player. They got a player who. Who is a starter for a Liga MX side who made the playoffs and um, and so th- I mean this is a significant move and this is a significant step in DC United and something that a lot of us weren't expecting. A lot of us were very very, including me, were being very very pessimistic when we're hearing what the players are coming through. We at first we weren't even hearing anything. We're seeing all these teams and and it, and it definitely seems like DC United has realized that. You have Sporting Kansas City, you have Columbus, you have all these other teams that are throwing lots of money. Even Cincinnati now apparently is throwing money at like three designated players. Uh, so these teams are getting better. DC United cannot just sit on their hands, you know, do what they've been doing. They need to shake it up. And to give them credit, they have. Now we'll see, you know, a lot of people, you know, are floating around, oh, it's still ben, coached by Ben Olsen, Ben Olsen, Ben Olsen. It doesn't matter right now, in my opinion. This is about the fact that this team had gone in. They made a significant investment. They threw their chips in and said, we like this guy. We want to bring him in. Um, and uh, according it, with Brian Lozano, they're looking at another, I think, spending. So if you look at this, they're spending about, they're spending $15 million, you know, five, you know, five million or $2 million for five years and then a $5 million transfer fee. That's $15 million. They're looking at spending potentially another $15 million, maybe even more. Uh, to bring in Brian Lozano, that's twenty-five to thirty million dollars. That's more than this club has spent in their history on any type of player. Uh, this is huge. This is this is bigger. If you look at that from a pure financial perspective and investment, this is bigger than possibly the investment they even made in Wayne Rooney. Um, and this might be even a bigger moment in history for DC United than Wayne Rooney when you're looking at what the front office is doing. Um, am I wrong, John? No, I mean, just just to just to loop back on on Flores, I wanted to sort of highlight. We like like you said, uh, we can't. The people who have seen him are happy about it. The people who haven't seen him think he's bad because they've never heard of him. So that's a and they that's don't a classic, want, and a they classic blunder. And they haven't watched any League of Max, so that, that's what I'm taking that as <laughs> a classic blunder. Yes. <laughs> um, however, he uh, has played at the highest level. He played uh, in the World Cup. He played all three games in the in the group stage for Peru. He played six matches at Copa America, scored in the final against Brazil. Um, so not a lot of players on our current roster you could say that that's true of. Um, this is this and the Brian Lozano potential move. And, you know, I, I tweeted earlier, I think maybe about a week ago, maybe less, that I think that this team is going to break the transfer record that it had previously had a couple times, and I'm pretty confident about that, is this team has now done most of the – or, you know, if these things happen, if everything comes to fruition, which I'm – for whatever reason, somewhat confident that it will. They've done everything this fan base has asked it to do for years. They're saying, 
why don't we pay attention to South America? Why don't we, why don't we pay attention to our Spanish speaking uh, fans? Why don't we get younger players instead of a big name like Wayne Rooney? Why don't we think about building a core of young, exciting technical players instead of has-beens off the MLS scrap heap? And why don't we spend some money? And still, people aren't happy. Still, people <laughs> are on the golf replies. They're on the Twitter machine talking about, oh, here we go again. This is classic DC United. Uh, this is we're just going to be, you know, we're going to be bad again. It's so typical. If we don't sign another striker. We have, we, we have failed. And we obviously do need to sign a forward. It will happen. I promise you this this team will not go forward with one forward on the roster. Someone will get signed. This is, I mean, we're, we're, we're a third of the way there, right? Like we're just, things are happening that make you feel positive. But if somehow all of these things fall right, this is the biggest and best offseason this team could have ever put together and is a statement of intent about what the team intends to do and it has heard all the complaints about how cheap this team has been and they were valuable and they were correct complaints that all the fans had it's a change now the team has realized that to compete you have to play you have to you have to be in the market and it doesn't necessarily mean signing one 20 million dollar player it means if you have to sign a couple players for five and six million dollars that aren't necessarily scoring you 20 goals but they are they make the team better they they, they form a core of talent they bring up the they bring up the level you know one good player and a shitty team doesn't make a good team but if you spend that money around and get you know a six and an eight and a winger that are at a severely competent level that makes your that that that's how you compete that's how you really win uh in a league that has this much parity i am as you can tell very excited about this yes and apparently um i think i think golf also tweeted they're looking at two other it looks like the the lozano thing isn't going to happen overnight and in fact, I, I I was so happy and so excited, and then it's like you hear that DC United and um, a Santos are far apart on the transfer fee. Like they've already they've already talked to Brian and said, "Here's what we want to offer you," and Brian's like, "Looks good," sure. you know, negotiate with my team. So I mean, I think I think they're. It seems like to me they're like they've got one half of the equation now to get the other half of the equation. Um, and it'll I, matter too if they can find someone that they they like. So for Flores, they had just brought in a, uh, an attacking midfielder from Chile, I believe. So it was easy for them to make this happen. So it's a question of Santos Laguna saying, we don't necessarily want to move him. He's He's been a very good player for us for the, like, the last two, I think, two seasons, or since 2018. Um, but we'll see. And I, I, I think that, that of the of the rumors, I think he's probably a little bit more challenging, even though we've got terms agreed. I think that's probably was probably the easy move. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how, how aggressive this team wants to be. And there's still other crazy rumors out there too, which we'll get it. We'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll get into the, we'll get into the, the craziest, probably the craziest rumor to come out of, come out of today. Um, I'm kind of liking the, I guess the back and forth that, uh, Stephen golf and, uh, Pablo Maurer are doing on the interwebs. It's like, it's great. They're both there. <laughs> there's now, there's a two party effort at trying now, uh, and trying to break information. So I'm, I'm for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I mean I guess I, I guess looking looking at looking at this and, and you know I'm glad you brought it up too a lot of people are going over I think I, and I think a lot of this has to do with the fact of like of who who we lost and we lost Wayne Rooney who played played quote unquote striker for this team um, I, if you watch him if you watched him against Darby today he was actually playing as like a deep lying like midfield type player for Darby um, if you ever had the chance to 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 watch him I think in the FA Cup. 
um, this weekend, uh, which was kind of interesting. Uh, I don't want to do that, Ted. I don't. I don't want to. I okay. don't want to watch that. Well, okay. Let me, let me. All right. Let me get to my. Uh, let me get to my. <laughs> let me get to my point. Um, so I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, we need a, we need a a proven goal scorer to replace Wayne Rooney." And I'm like, "Well, I mean, uh, okay." I'm not saying Ola Kamara is going to sell jerseys or play the same way that Wayne Rooney has, but the team, in my opinion, did go out and do that, and they went and they got Ola Kamara, who has a very, very prolific goal scorer in MLS, so they have that top-line striker. The goal, and, and I said this in the beginning, I want this team to put together a team that is going to get him the ball in positions where he can where he can have high quality chances. If you if he enters the year and he's scoring between 15 and 20 goals, you are having a good season. Um, and I think that that is what the goal of this team should be. And I think players like Lozano, players like Flores are going to do that for this team and also provide, you know, attacking goals goals as well. Um, so to that effect, they have that top line striker. It's it's Ola Kamara. They need someone in a death position. I, I would like to see them go out maybe and find a player who can sort of challenge him for the spot, maybe, you know, overtake him, um, but also push him a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking for a player potentially better than Quincy Marigua. As much as I love Quincy, I like a player like that. So I'd say that's probably, that's again, they, they're facing kind of the same thing they did last year is they needed that sort of that depth striker. Um, I'll be very curious to see if any of those players from Europe. Um, they also need still need help on the help on the wingback position. Um, you know, our, we're counting on Orneal Fisher being uh, being healthy and ready to go. Um, and also, um, oh, I, I, the name has completely escaped me. Um, Odi Ostom potentially being ready to go as well. Uh, but you know, I think you still want to go out and find you know a find a well a wingback player. Uh, could it be Mr. Andy Nahar, who apparently just came out on a report uh, saying his career is no longer in Europe? I don't know. Maybe um, DC doesn't hold his rights though, so he would he would. What's that? Um, no one does. He because no. DC got a transfer fee for him. He they do not hold his rights anymore. What about discovery? Do you, can you just put in discovery <laughs> claims for a player who's been sold? We need we need some nerd in uh, in New York City headquarters in the last answer that question. Although uh, probably Jason Anderson probably knows this. I could probably just ask him. Yeah, that, that's true. I, I I would guess. Um, I, I'm sure possibly, but um, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting if, if he came back. I, I saw that. I found it kind of funny. It's like I saw the the like golf saying like two players from Europe. He's trying to figure out who it is. And then, like, then I saw Annie Nahar not wanting to be in Anderlecht anymore in Europe. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. Um, so it kind of was one of those things where, where you uh, where you put it together. So um, I'll be very curious to see what, what those two players are. And, and, you know, if they're TAM-level players, could they fill in a depth role, uh, you know, for this team and everything like that? Um, all right. Well, let's go to the let's go to the big announcement. Uh, the big, the big, the, like, after all of this, after all this colossal massive amounts of 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 news and coverage uh uh, <laughs> uh Pablo Mauer drops that DC United is apparently in talks with Luka Modric uh yes that Luka Modric uh from Real Madrid um which would be probably a massive signing potentially a bigger signing than Wayne Rooney I'm going to go ahead and say if you're looking at Real Madrid and their prowess in just in the United States as well um, and people are still unhappy about that signing as well. Apparently, <laughs> even though he's a guy who was what's that? Who's who's up? Who's upset? Oh, there 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 are the people out there on the Twitters who are upset um, about about the move. I think it would be a fantastic move. I think it would be an awesome move. I'd it love to rule. see it. it, it would, would rule. Be the most, you know, if you remember when Wayne Rooney was rumored, all of a sudden I was like, no, this is great. Even if he sucks, this is great. 
and he was good, so it was very great. But like this would be very exciting to me. I would be very excited about it. It would just it would just cap off just kind of how crazy things have kind of gotten for this clean for for this team and just how much things have kind of just been turned on its head. It it's almost like it, I was also like I was thinking like they they were saying like oh you know don't expect a you know a big well known name you know no don't expect it Wayne Rooney was kind of like one of those like situations where like the stars just align also DCU hey we're talking to Luka Modric by the way <laughs> right so create I don't know there's much more we can really like you know analyze I mean it's a slim chance um you know who knows what Real Madrid might not want to let him go obviously if he still wants to play if he still wants to be at Real Madrid and Real Madrid want to keep him, then that, you know, holds back DC from doing it. Uh, but his contract is running out, I think, at the end of this year. So if they don't renew him and they say we're going elsewhere, who knows? Uh, uh, crazy things have happened and crazy things have happened in this league. Um, so uh, that'll be something to keep an eye on. And, you know, who knows? Maybe Mezzodozil's coffee shop <laughs> will uh, we'll, we'll come to fruition and he'll say, oh, fine, I'll... I'll uh, I'll, I'll I'll join DC United as well. I'm selling coffee. That's where they're going to meet him. That's where they're going to that all of the player all the player <laughs> meetings will now be in the Ozil's coffee shop. <laughs> yep, I, I think that that's where I'm going to hang out too. The yeah, I would put this at maybe two to five percent likelihood of happening. Yeah, um, the outlay, the cash outlay would be substantial. He's still good. Uh, he, at his age, he he was a he was a, a player of the year uh, finalist in 2018, I believe. I think that's what I read today, which sounds impossible. Yeah. Um, maybe it was, maybe it was, maybe it was for Real Madrid. I don't know. Any, anyway, he's good. He's always been good. He is an exciting player to watch. He will cost so much money. Um, the, I mean, like it would be, it would be silly. It would be silliness if somehow we sign all these players we're talking about. And then in the summer, like, uh, yeah, let's do this too. Uh, Paul, we're going to buy you down to Tam. We're going to bring you into our new, <laughs> we're going to bring you into our new, uh, our new midfield right here. Our midfield is going to cost uh, like twenty-eight to thirty million dollars. <laughs> that would be something interesting. I mean, it, w- it would make us like an automatic like if we brought in Luka Modric, we get Brian Lozano, we buy down Paul with Tam. I mean, these are the types of things. Like it was like when they announced the move, I'm like, I, I post, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out like how this could work with like the. I mean, who, who knows with the CBA? Like they could just say, never mind, no salary cap, do whatever the hell you want. Um, I doubt it, but you know, thing, you know, we don't know with this whole CBA, and and you know, I am glad the team is making. It seems like a lot of teams are very much holding off, and I think DC was just like, look, we got to do something right now. Let's make our best guess what's you know going to happen until the CBA, and you know what, we'll figure it out from there. And that's actually what I want this team to do. I want this team to go out and just say, you know what, let's let's try to project a little bit about what the CBA is going to look like. And maybe they've gotten some, some, some more reassurances. Uh, it's been very, very quiet on the CBA front. Very, very quiet. Um, almost like whisper quiet. Like there hasn't been any news, any talks, any ideas of what the, you know, and, and, and I, no question. I think there are a lot of people that are out there that are asking. Uh, it's been very, very quiet, quiet on that front. Um, I guess can, we, we can talk about the team signing uh, Earl Edwards and Chris Seitz, but I mean, it, it kind of seemed... there we go. There we go. All the goalies, <laughs> all the goalies are accounted for. Yes, yes. And uh, let's uh, hit hit a last little bit on the um, on Russell Knauss, uh to sort of wrap up the latest on the player rumors. Um, apparently, uh, it was been reported that Dy- Dynamo Dresden has been looking to sign uh, Russell Knaus. They are currently at the bottom of the uh, two Bundesliga. So it, it looks like, and, and what someone, I think it was, um, 
I can't remember what it was, but it's, a guy, it's one of the guys who follows a lot of sort of the American stars around Europe. Uh, I think he writes for uh, Yanks Abroad at one point. Um, Brian Sharetta. Brian Sharetta says, it only makes sense that this is a loan with an option to buy at the end of the year, you know, on the fact that they actually stay up. Otherwise, you know, there's no point. And I think DC's point is, you know, why would you give a loan loan out a player when you're not even sure they're going to be able to afford them if they drop down? And then, you know, then he comes back in the middle of the season and he's already missed season. And you've got to prepare around half a season without him. I just think the team is just like, you know what? You know, if you come with like, you know, an amazing offer, we'll consider it. But um, I, I think DC made the right call here. There's probably a lot of people that are going to be like, no, they should let him go. They should they shouldn't hold him back. I've never I've never held to that idea. You you should get your money's worth for your players. You shouldn't let players, you know, just walk walk wherever they want um and not put up any sort of fight for them. So, I don't know, you might disagree, but that... No. We're I mean, we're this is the only place in which I feel confident that we're strong um or at least strongish um in in the midfield and I think that you can find I perpetually think that you can find players in that position in more than others where you can, you know, Felipe Martins we found we knew we knew who Felipe was, and we're paying a lot, kind of a lot for him now. But like he came in and plugged right in and was good. Can, um, can you imagine a player that's tried harder to like win over fans and stuff? It's like worked, that? It's in worked. my opinion. I mean, there are there are certainly some holdovers and some stubborn folk, and I get it. Yeah. You be be as mad as you want to be. I'm not I'm not the mad police, uh, but he is he is absolutely fully committed to the bit. He is he has gone he has gone full on like please love me. What do I have to do to make you love me? And, and hey, you know what, man? It works. I'm I'm excited. I'm, I might even buy a Felipe Martins uh, DC jersey for the new boring jersey that Adidas decided to throw out to us. Um, but Yo, it's, it's it, gross. It's yeah. Gross. Well, I mean, to be fair, it is kind of hard to mess up the home jersey because it's, it's the black classic look. And that's always been like that. But anyway, uh, let's get to some. Uh, let's kind of wrap up our player comment. We asked you to grade the offseason. Um, so we have uh, Kyle Pollock uh, jumping in first saying, I like the pieces they are hunting, but I do worry about the total number of slots of you. Defensive death is scary. B plus if they get Lozano. A if we also get a TAM level defensive piece. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna guess at least one of the guys that they're looking to bring in from Europe is probably a defensive piece. Um, I can't imagine they're, even with Flores, their, their wing and their center midfield depth, as we already said, is good. Their wing depth is pretty good. Um, I imagine probably what we're really looking for is, you know, you get Lozano, you have a backup forward, and then some defensive pieces you're going to look for. Uh, Carbine, uh, Carbine Cat says, I'm not a huge expert on other leagues and players, but I can say that I'm excited and hope for, uh, I'm excited to see hope from analysts. This is a lot of news very suddenly. I'm sad to see someone as hard working as Quincy go. But love to see the management and uh, be willing to spend. I'd love to see Ben um, win it. So no grade there, but it seems like I'm gonna go ahead and guess that's like a B plus. That sounds. I feel it's got a B plus vibe to it. B plus vibe to it. Uh, DC Josh uh, says good so far. There is plenty of time to make moves. MLS moves tend to come a little later. Flores is a great signing, and if we can sign Lozano, this will make probably the best transfer window in team history, which is. What we yep. have said, Aaron Bland, yeah, B plus for the offseason, A minus, but A minus if including or um, Ola Kamara signing. That's really last season, but I mean, yeah, it, it he's he, he's scheduled to make more of an impact this year than last year. Um, B plus, uh, I want to see a backup forward uh, that we can count on to score goals. Ameriqua worked hard, but we need more to win it. Is Fisher going to be fit? I think that's a huge question mark. Um, Arthur Lampros uh, says, "In 
I'm of the opinion that Rooney and Acosta departure, although unfortunate at the time, might be a blessing in disguise. The front office is not done, although almost alarmist fans are quick to judge. Uh, why on earth would they not have and uh, have the ambition to want to make this team B plus A if the next big signing is made? Um, I think that's I think it's a big thing. Uh, you know, he, I'm, had more, he had more on that. Why on earth would they not have the ambition to want to make this team compete for a trophy? They showed their ambition with Rooney and the stadium. Okay. As for Olsen, I see him being involved with all of these decisions, and I believe he can certainly put out a very competitive squad. This is, however, a make or break year for him. I feels very Groundhog Day. Yeah, uh, <laughs> with with that particular comment, um, I mean, Im- imagine imagine a universe in which this team gets built and they don't they don't get to pass the first round of the playoffs, and somehow Ben still stays. I feel like Twitter may combust at that point, and it, it's already sort of just on fire. But it may be more on fire if that happens. I mean, yeah, the, I I would agree. This is the this is this is if he doesn't succeed, there's no more distractions. There's no more. Yeah, the excuses are gone. There's no more Wayne Rooney leaving at the middle of the year. There's no more, you know, Lucho transfer saga to out to Paris. He's gone. You you have a solid group now. You're bringing in some more players. Uh, Ben's got to make this work. There, there's no more that you there. I, I cannot conceive any type of excuse. If Lozano and Flores could go down first game and I'm saying, you know what? Nope. No excuses. This team needs to make the playoffs. Um, Erica Schleen. I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to try that, right? Um, I'm sitting at a solid A if Lozano comes. I am hyped for how fast and technical our attack could be. Areola and Flores on the wings, rushing Fuller with Kamara crashing the box is a game plan I can get behind. Very interesting. I, we don't really know, even with even with a signed Flores and Lozano, we don't know what type of tactical uh, type of tactical run out this team's going to be have. I was thinking just now, why not roll out the 4-3-3? Why not play uh play you already have Assad, you play Assad and Areola kind of as more deeper lying midfielders who can also join the attack. Then you've got, you know, if you get Lozano and Flores, those are your two sort of attacking wingers, and then you've got um Kamara in the center. Um, and then you're looking at, you know, a central a central defense pairing. And then maybe that means Russell Canals moves to right back. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, that's one idea has like, why not try just completely just upholding everything? I think they're going to still stick to the four, two, three, one. That seems to be what they're looking at though. Um, we'd like to see you, uh, talk about the efficacy of spending on transfer fees, old Moneyball finding, uh, old Moneyball finding is that they are not correlated with winning unlike payroll, which is of course there, uh, this was net transfer fee. I.e. if we sold Flores on a similar fee that would net out. And my opinion on the sightings thus far is that that's is what's needed to uh, just to keep tr- treading water. More big signing more big signings would start to get us above the C minus level. Everybody in MLS is breaking transfer records. We should be no different. So Mark is not grading on a curve. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Mark is Mark is uh, putting us right up next to Atlanta and Seattle. In New York and LAFC, um, I think it is a good. There is a good question, and I even saved it. Um, talking about the efficacy of spending on transfer fees versus just paying players more, and I sort of alluded to that um, before when saying that you bring up the level of your team uh, much higher when you um, don't just spend on the top end and, and sort of spread the money around, not in just MLS players. If you're able to find talent at, at advantageous rates uh, and then supplement your regular team with that. That's how you succeed. 
Um, but I think because of DC's, uh, not neglect, it's not neglect, but because of DC's previous way and model of building teams, they need to do this sort of like big chunk player acquisition that's going to cost them some money to sort of bring that median level up. Uh, and that's what these players are. So I think that in general, yeah, I agree. I think that the way to, the way to win is to be paying um, to be paying your players as much as you can and to be having youth that's cheap that's still able to contribute. That's the real model of success is finding, hitting 21 on these uh, academy players, having Moses Nyman and Griffin Yao be able to actually contribute uh, and still be making like 30 or 70, $80,000. Um, that's what, that's what other sports do. They're able to take advantage of young talented players that are making the minimum on their first contract. Um, it's not uh, you. So you need to have that happen and be spending. I think that's how you, that's how you have, Talent and depth is if you can get those cheap players to contribute. And if you don't, if you spend top heavy, uh, just bring in a Wayne Rooney and then don't bring anybody to support him, for instance, if that happened, um, that's that limits your ceiling and your success that you could potentially get. I think. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're top level players, you, but you can only carry three designated players. And regardless of how much DC United played Flores, you know, his transfer fee is, is going to make him a designated player. So, you know, I, I don't get caught up, I guess, in if he's like, do we overpay for Flores? I don't care. I, I, they could have spent $100 million on Flores. I wouldn't care because you know why? Because that transfer fee only impacts whether he is a designated player and he was already going to be a designated player. Um, also, if he sucks, also, if he doesn't meet expectations, uh, Dave will get fired. Yeah. Because that's when, when you when you spend money, that's 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 the ownership saying like, all right. I believe you. Now show me that you're right. You don't have an infinite leash now that now that you're, you're playing with live ammo now. So yeah. if you screw up, it matters. Exactly. And I mean, this is what uh, what what's really going to build in that sort of that mid level and and sort of mid level depth is also using TAM and and effectively to find sort of those you know two hundred three hundred you know or not even sorry those like million dollar one point two million dollar players those players that are kind of up above that level a little bit and you're sort of buying them down. Uh, DC is going to have to use some of that, I think to buy down um, uh, uh, Bill Hamid's contract. Uh, they're going to have to use some of that uh, potentially maybe to buy down Ariola's contract, to leave a DP slot open if they need that in the summer. So effectively doing that can kind of fill in that mid level and depth level talent. And then it is still playing a little bit of money ball and finding those depth pieces that can sort of supplement your roster. Um, you know, TFC did it with Nick DeLeon, who would come off the bench and be a, an impact-type player. Those are the types of guys you need to still be able to go out and get in MLS. You know, MLS is becoming a, a league of more spending. There's definitely a haves and have-nots. Um, look at who's spending the money. You have teams like D.C., you know, Kansas City, and Cincinnati, and, and Columbus who are aspiring to be that. You have a team like the New York Red Bulls who have done, I don't think they've done really anything this offseason, um, close to spending the money. That you're that you're gonna that you're gonna get, and teams like Colorado and FC Dallas are not are certainly not doing that either. Uh, so there is still a haves and haves nots of this league, but you still need to be balanced. Um, and you know we saw a team like Atlanta struggle at the beginning of the season. Uh, there have been teams that have spent a lot of money on players that have not succeeded. Um, so you know Tam and and a lot of those other things sort of in the MLS still make this kind of a you need to get value out of your uh, out of not a whole lot because. You're right. DPs, you're only going to have three DPs, uh, designated players out there. That doesn't make a whole team. Um, Olsen out. 
Hashtag Olsen out. Uh, Benny Balling says, if a true goal scorer is brought in, it'll be an A-. minus. I think we kind of already talked about that. DC already has the goal scorer. Backup is needed. Uh, Brendan Cartwright says, the biggest needs were a playmaker, right back, and depth all around. I think Flores is a good signing, and with the reading five-year deal, DCU seems very high on him. Not sure if he's exactly a creator. Uh, Lucho was, but he works hard, shoots well, and should combine well. Getting Lozano 2 would push... Let me make sure I'm not missing anything. Yep, getting Lozano 2 would push one of the midfield three, Flores, Assad, and Ariola to the bench depth and give this team a lot of quality, but it says even more about the ambition and uh, and capability of the front office. Yep. Um, I... Wow, he's got a lot. So Brennan Cartwright says, I would love to see a stud right back, but there's a limit on international slots. Uh, Beta Shore or Gressa would be amazing. Who knows? Maybe Fisher can handle the job, but we need at least one more fullback and a center back, potentially Tomas Hill- Hilliard Arce. I think the rumored signings of Aliman and Rivas would both be terrific if they happen as it stands. With Flores, Kamara, and Assad, they've replaced Acosta, Rooney, and Rodriguez. So they're pretty much where they were. But they have roughly 10 more roster spots to use to get better, including one DP. Grade right now, C+, but with the potential to go much higher. I think that is a good take. Mm-hmm. I think it is um, I think it is able to sort of uh, thin the fog of, of, of happiness and desperation we've been feeling about these moves and sort of like be, be maybe the cold, the cold water on it. Basically saying that uh, this, these are good, but uh, we also lost all of our offense that we had last year, such as it was. Um, we lost twenty. We lost thirty percent of our goals and assists. So yes, uh, we need we needed these good players to just be as good as we were last year, which was, if you remember, not good enough. Yes. So he is absolutely right that uh, this is this is a good sort of get back to get back to scratch, and then let's see how much we can do to make us better. And the difference is that those other players were um, substantially cheaper to to bring into the fold. So now we're talking about. I mean, if if the, the if the bucket of money is higher and more than we ever thought it was, which it, maybe it is, and that's that would be awesome. Then they can build; they can build on it. If it's not, and it just gets us back to where we were, it could have been worse. They could have not even done that. <laughs> it's entirely possible that we could have been really slumming it this year. And then you thought that might have happened because they froze ticket prices this year, and they froze ticket prices next year, and they allowed you to freeze your ticket prices for 2022 if you wanted to make a three-year commitment. So. That's something. I think they're obviously they lost a lot of tickets when when Rooney left. They lost a lot of them, um, and they're scrambling. Yeah. So, and and you know what? It, it, I, I'm sure Flores looks like a good player. All intentions are, but I can't imagine it hurt the fact that he is Peruvian, and that might help a little bit in the box office because because uh, Peruvians are are a very very high population of Peruvians in the DMV, so they will be out. And and I think when. Um, I'm trying to remember, I think there was another player, I think, a lot of fans have talked about that there was a high, a lot of Peruvians that showed up to the D.C. game. I think it was the game against Seattle. Uh, I think, it was it Rui Diaz, I want to say? Is he Peruvian? I can't remember. Anyways, there was, there was certainly a player that showed up who was from Peru, and a lot Jose of Jose Carvalho, uh, the backup, backup goalie that was signed because his mom sent a video to D.C. United of his playing, <laughs> um, is Peruvian. There you I'm go. sure that's who you meant. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, last, last, uh, last comment we got from the fan, from you all, the listeners, Dustin Scott. I definitely give them a B plus if Flores and Lozano become a thing. Uh, but to be honest, I'm more anxious about the announcement of pending broadcast deal. The season starts in less than two months, and we have zero clue where we'll watch our games. We will get to that in a minute. 
I think we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk all other stuff related to DC because there's a lot to get to. Stick around and listen to the RFK Refugees podcast. Welcome back to the RFK Refugees podcast. Ted here, John here. Uh, we had a break in that. We had a break in that segment, which we haven't done for a while. Um, super long segment. But we had a lot to get to. Wanted to give, give you guys give you guys a little bit of a break before jumping in. Uh, we've got next coming up. Uh, it was brought up. Dustin Scott brought up the uh, TV contracts and where DC United fans are going to be watching their game today. Um, I believe according, I see like Pablo and like Stephen Goff are kind of fusing together. I think it was Stephen Goff that sort of uh, buried it a little bit in one of his articles, uh, which he tends to do that a lot. Uh, he's excellent at that. Um, basically saying DC United is talking to a number of TV partners. Um, from from what I sort of gathered from the reading, it sounds like NBC Sports Washington is in the lead. And uh, Dustin Scott is frustrated. I, you know, I completely understand that. But I'm I'm pretty sure like, wasn't too it was like you know end of january that we sort of found out officially that uh flow sports is going to be the new broadcast partner am i right about that you're going to find out who our broadcast partner is uh probably two weeks into preseason yeah so yeah. don't anticipate uh flow flow fc level uh pregame or uh, preseason coverage of, of interviews and whatnot they'll do some of that stuff um, one hopes, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter as long as we don't miss the first game. It doesn't really matter yeah. if there's games to be streamed in the past. They were streamed on IMG Academy's website on YouTube that could be streamed on the, the, the DCNet.com if they feel like it. Um, it's okay. Listen, I get it. Particularly if it means you've got to buy something new, I get the concern, but listen, just, just put like $15 away just in case for this first month, just put it, just put it aside in, in, in reserve in case you have to buy something stupid. I think you won't have to. I think no. if you're a cable subscriber, you'll be fine. And I think if you're not a cable subscriber, you will be able to do so for much less than you paid flow FC last year. Here's, here's sort of my prediction. I think it's going to be NBC sports, Washington. I think they're just going to, they're going to go with that. They, they seem to be, They've had a relationship with them. I think it would be a great sort of message to the fans to say, here you go. You know where it's going to be on. Um, they've done a lot in in the past few years. There's a lot that didn't exist. Um, all of their, you know, Washington Capitals, Washington Wizards games are all the all available on on through the app. You know, sometimes, you know, there's conflicts between those two games. One goes to, you know, the Plus channel, which you can also access uh, via the NBC, NBC Sports app. They have a lot built up there. My prediction is that's where it's going. If it doesn't go there, my prediction is then if it goes to like, you know, Fox or some other channel, they're going to do that and they're going to say, oh, but, it, you know, they're going to have a very tight, narrow, um, you know, blackout radius around the D.C. area, basically limited to if you can get, you know, the local, if your local Fox channel or local ABC channel is that, then you can watch it there. If not, then you'll be able to watch it on ESPN Plus. And I'm sure there'll be some other, you know, who knows? They might not have all the games, you know, who knows what I could happen. But my gut, my gut right now is going with uh, NBC Sports Washington, which I think would be a good thing. I, I'd like to see it return to there. Um, I think it deserves to be back. Their uh, app works. Yeah, it works. So, I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we're not going to get no red screen of death. Oh, man. Okay. One assumes there will not be a situation in which uh, we are looking at Dave uh, and Devin 
just sort of standing in in the in the trailer looking off into space while they can't see the game and just talking uh, as happened last year yeah one hopes you never know i mean it's it's possible (laughs) but i just feel like no probably not uh no hopefully 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 not um let's uh i I was debating whether we should jump into but i think we'll save if we'll go and just like We'll save that for the end, uh, the the best for last with the Washington Spirit. Um, MLS Super Draft only going to be on a conference call, which should be a lot of fun. I'm going to be very interested to watch the whole broadcast, I guess, of that. Um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll both do it. DC United has no picks until the third round. The second round. They have a second, second round. round. They got a second round pick. They do have a second round pick. Well, great. I can't <laughs> wait to see who goes to Loudon. <laughs> exactly exactly i mean so in the past we've gotten you know travis clark on um i don't think we'll do that this year just because dc doesn't have a pick and i who knows i don't, don't want to bother travis about this <laughs> he's, got, he's got podcasts where there is like a level a level of like nerdery that's even beyond our listenership and i want him to make sure he spends his time on that. i don't want this is not the, if we had top three or top five pick I would say let's call Travis. Travis, yeah. I'm going to give you a pass on this one. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Support. Yes, yes. We will we will keep you in line. But I mean, it, it's... subscribe to TopDrawerSoccer.com. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe there. Yes. Uh, also check out. He's got a. Um, they only people are like it's like only people are doing the first round, and I'm waiting for that one that like goes into like the second round because I'm like DC doesn't have a pick. DC could trade up. Um, uh, was it Daryl DK uh, from Virginia? Generation DS player doesn't take up a roster spot might make a good uh, a good backup option. I don't think DC is going to do that. I think they are going to sit on there. They are going to like be playing like Sudoku or Cards Against Humanity on the conference call until their pick comes up and probably not do anything. But you know who knows? Uh, who knows? The the draft is not what it used to be. It's going to basically be like the MLB draft. It's going to be as more teams get you know league you know one teams and things like that. That's basically what it's going to become. Which is kind of yeah. sad in a way, but it's I think for the best. not since Blake Brett Schneider has DC United drafted a forward in the draft. <laughs> that was maybe 2011. I, they just don't do that. They just don't, and they don't yeah. think that goal scores come that way. And well, it's been you know when they have an early pick, they always go for like best available. So they always like it. Just so happened like the years they had the really high pick, their best available was um, you know was Perry Kitchen and because um, we were really bad. Uh, yep. Perry Kitchen and Steve Birnbaum. Um, and those picks have turned out pretty well. Uh, Perry Kitchen, unfortunately, has played for DC, but, you know, Steve Birnbaum is still here. Um, oh, shoot. We didn't even talk about Bill Hamid making the making the January camp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, indeed, that did happen. <laughs> yes, and uh, apparently he's not going to uh, Qatar anymore. Uh, they're doing a normal camp in Bradenton uh, due to international events. Um, but, uh, but hey, that was uh, that's kind of cool. Uh, Bill, do we think this is like a... Do you think this, this is a, just take this cap and shut up? Yeah. There's <laughs> in fact no conspiracy. See, uh, don't don't look into the fact that the rest of this roster is filled with guys you have no idea who they are. But um uh, was it um who else uh crap, who's the Brian Kao made the roster I think too. That's another that's great a- example of like what is this roster? Like this <laughs> granted he was in the youth setup. He's this I think is- unattached. He can't go to Germany until he's 18. Yeah. So and this is, I think this is also, this is also throwing a cap out there because it makes it easier to get like work permits and things when you play for the national team in Europe. So I, th- I think that's kind of, this also is like a, a let's get him a cap. So that way we have him and you know, he, he get, he can, you know, even if it's just a couple of games, it looks better for work permit purposes. I'll be shocked if he sees the field off. I'm being honest. Yeah. I, I think, I think there's a chance he could see it. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. 
We'll find out. We'll find out. But definitely keep tabs on him. Uh, he's a good player. Good player. And um, I'll, I'll be following whatever team he goes to um, in uh, in Germany. Um, one little tidbit I got from, uh, which I'm very, very happy about, and this came from the goalkeeper, uh, Jonathan Tannenwald, is that uh, MLS is not adopting the graphical lines they use for yeah, VAR yeah, yeah. over in the Premier League. If, if you have not been paying attention to what's been going on in England, uh, it's pretty much close to a disaster. And it it actually shows that like MLS got VAR right. People say, oh, VAR is trash. They should throw it away. And I'm like, have you seen how it's been implied at MLS? Because they did actually a pretty good job with it. And one of the things they did a really good job with is not to introduce silly lines where maybe a guy's toe might be just over the line of an offside. I mean, some of this stuff is just like, I, I literally, like I've been watching Liverpool and Liverpool has been the beneficiary to a lot of these calls. So I've been kind of laughing a little bit, uh, but I think there was like the Wolves game and they use VAR correctly to, um, to allow a goal to stand. Uh, for for Liverpool, and then it's like they showed the offside goal, and I looked at it, and I'm like, that's not offside. That there's no way you can constitute that as offside. Sure enough, they do the little graphical line thing. It's maybe half an inch offside, and yeah, he's offside. Um, so uh, thankfully MLS is not doing that. It's going to be very very strict on the clear and obvious, which I've always appreciated, and I think that comes a lot from what how video review is done here in America. Uh, it's very has to be clear and obvious from video, and there's very very strict. Uh, Strict policies on that. I mean, just just to sort of prove my point, um, if if looking at the Bill Hamid on the roster, here are some names uh, <laughs> from the from this JT Marchenkowski. That's the that's a goalie. In case you didn't know, uh, Julian Arujo. Now, granted, these are players that I I have heard of because I am a very smart soccer person. But other people may have Mark McKenzie, Sam Vines, uh, Christian Capis. Uh, all the rest of these people you've heard of and uh, yeah, all the rest of the people you've heard of, but those are the names that are like, you know, for the non super into soccer guy listener, uh, you would not know these names theoretically. <laughs> maybe very, it's very interesting. And it, it is a very weird, I guess maybe it's, it's a sort of different look at what he's trying to do with the camp. Um, so uh, moving on uh, a team that's been very, very busy has been the Washington spirit. Uh, they have been, they have like been shot out of a firecracker. In fact, everybody's been saying like the spirit have been really busy, like signing players and everyone else is kind of just like sitting on their hand. It's like, everybody was kind of like waiting for the, uh, for I think whether Sacramento was going to have a team this season, um, in, in NWSL and everybody was kind of waiting around and the spirit are like, well, we'll take that player and that player and that player and that player and that player. And bring them on in. Uh, here's some of the names. Now, again, we're we can speak maybe to a, a few of these players, uh, but they've gotten uh, Brooke Hendricks, who's a defender from uh, the West Ham women's team. Um, Kumi uh, Yaki, Yakoyama, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, an attacker, and apparently this is a she is a ma- she's a major major player on the Japanese national team. Uh, so right away, uh, I can tell that's going to be a pretty a pretty good pick. Uh, Jesse uh, Scarpa. Attacker from Sweden. Say that name. What's that? <laughs> say that. Say that team name. <laughs> <laughs> no. Lidkapings. Le- uh, and Jenna Hellstrom uh, from Orbro. Uh, so these, the, the, there is apparently still players coming. They're not yeah. done. Uh, they have they they have uh, not a lot of draft picks early on, um, but uh, there is still some there is still some room to improve. I'm happy. Uh, I would have liked a. So uh, Kumi, Jesse, and Jenna are none of them 
are out and out goal scorers, and Kumi is the is the most dedicated attacker of the of the three apparently. And I believe Jesse Scarpa is coming off of a long term injury and trained with the Spirit over the summer. And they told her to go play in Sweden to sort of build herself back up, and then they would sign her, and that happened. Um, the the defense for 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 the Spirit started off. I think they, they got tired. There was there were there were the rookie backline sort of wore as the season uh, continued, but Overall, I think their real problem is goal scoring. Uh, I still think they need a. I think they need another forward. Um, China Matthews, uh, I don't think was as as uh, you know productive as she would have hoped to have been. Mallory Pugh, also not very productive. Also injured uh, some some degree and, of the season. And and you've got it. You got to take up the fact that there's going to be the Olympics coming up. You're going to be without Rose Lavelle and and Mallory Pugh for some time. This se- these seems like some of these moves were very much like. You know, last season, our, our big problem was that we ran a lot of these players into the ground. We were kind of just hoping, you know, Lavelle and, and Pew would come back and, and sort of, you know, help carry the rest of the load. And that really didn't happen. So we need to start thinking. Um, it seems like there's sort of a shift in investment, too. I think they're, they're, I think the team seems like the it seems like there's a lot more investment that's going into this team uh, to try to compete with the likes of, of North Carolina. Um, so I am cautiously optimistic about this season. Um you know, I'm not an expert on on a lot of these other players coming out, but you know, I hear you know Japanese national team player, and I'm like, that sounds like a good move. And you got a lot of other teams like Chicago is losing Sam Kerr. Uh, there are a lot of other teams that are going to be losing some players, and I am so glad Sacramento's not coming because goodness knows I would worry about them losing you know players like Mallory Pugh and uh, just and, wait till FC Cincinnati gets a team. Oh yeah, Roosevelt's. Yeah. Ghost. Gone. <laughs> Gone. Gone. Yeah. Uh, R- Richie Burke was basically being like, it's very cool right now to sign Japanese players. So we had to do that. <laughs> he basically <laughs> said that interview. I was like, mm, okay. All right. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. I'm, still, I'm still not quite on the on the Richie Burke train yet. I feel like the players like him. Yeah. I guess that's good. That, 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 that's the good part. His beginning interview and his sort of experience when he was hired was for me was not, I was not impressed with that, but yeah, I, but I, I would say that he has, he has steered clear of, of issues since then. Yeah. And I feel like, I, I feel like you judge him, you judge him how he's been since, since he's arrived. And I think he's been a very positive influence. He's done well with the media. He's, he hasn't really like, you know, he hasn't really, uh, I, he hasn't really like gotten into the media about any of his players. He stood up, he stood up for them and he sort of made excuses for some players that have been injured, but like gave people, gave players space to, you know, recover from the world cup and do all those things. I want to see a, a full season of what Mallory Pugh and Roosevelt can do in healthy. I want to see Andy Sullivan continue to grow. She got, they all got, by the way, those three got called into the uh, January camp for the women's. So that's great. Good to see Andy Sullivan involved again after being, after missing the world cup roster. I think that she has, been given chances since then based on her performance at NWSL. So um, like that, particularly with a new coach in the frame for the women's team to see him uh, call her in, I think that's good. Uh, I, Audrey Bledsoe, I would have liked to seen called in, but she's playing in Australia at the moment. And for Washington's benefit, uh, Chicago lost Sam Kerr to Chelsea. So that's that's a, that's a net positive for every team that is in <laughs> Chicago uh, and a net negative for all NWSL fans, but if we're if we're being serious, we're spirit fans over here. So, uh, well, thank thank you. Good. Well, I mean, it, it just it seems like as well that you know I think a lot of team it, the spirits seem like they are now a team that's like we need to start spending to compete with uh, with North Carolina because North Carolina has basically run everybody out of the they are 
the best team in uh, in fact they made they were competitive with some of these good european teams uh who don't have to worry about whether they're making a profit or not because they're owned by psg and some of the bigger teams in the world man city as well especially um and they have run those teams you know around the corner uh so that that is that is i think a good thing i'm happy that this team is that this ownership looks like they're serious about okay now you know we're not slow re- rebuild you know there, there's there's an opportunity to be that to be that team that's going to be competitive with um uh with North Carolina because right now there isn't really a, i mean the final the final NWSL final was supposed to be between the two best teams North Carolina looked like the best team out there and they just absolutely you know have wiped out the rest of the league so i'm and i'm very and i'm happy from a competitive standpoint uh, you know, that it might start to develop a little bit of rivalry between the spirit and the courage. So um, lot, lot, lots of that is a good thing, in my opinion, for this team. Um, they've got to, you know, bring fans in. Uh, they've got the sort of four-game uh, four home switch between be, between the Maryland Soccerplex, uh, Loudon's Stadium, and, uh, of course, Audi Field. Uh, so that seems to have gone over at least a little bit well. There's just some upset people. Um, it will, it'll be very interesting to see, uh, kind of how this whole season goes and what their attendance is like for sure. Um, should I connect with Richie Burke on LinkedIn? I just, I just Googled and he's got an account. Should I connect? Sure, John, go ahead. I can, uh, I can endorse him on wearing black suits in July and August in Boyd's, <laughs> Maryland and sweating like a dog. Yeah, go ahead. I will do that. Do that. I'm, do that. I'm very big on LinkedIn. Keep keep <laughs> keep us uh, keep us posted. Uh, speaking of one of the spirits' uh, home places, which will be Segra Field over in Loudon. Uh, Loudon's got their home opener now. Uh, they got their opening match will be on March seventh, uh, and then they don't open until May. Which apparently that's because they're going to start to install some more. I guess Bathroom. some more, yeah, bathrooms and permanent structures over at Loudon. Is any any impact from the um uh, from the training facility they're building out there? Nope. Supposedly, separate, se- separate issue. It's literally just the installation of the permanent non weird trailer bathrooms. Yeah. But as temporary bathrooms go, I was pretty pleased with though they were they were very nice. They had like a little cool sink, like a big sink area, big sink trough. Come to Richmond, I'll show you some great bathrooms. I come, don't. Isn't it trough? Don't they have a trough system in in uh, City Stadium? No. It, I mean, it's it's. It's a bathroom. Um, it, it certainly is not a, a trough, but um, anyway, uh, game's fun. You should come. Um, and so, uh, so that'll be happening for Loudon. They will not have a game until May. Going on another long, long road trip. It looks like to start the season. So um, I don't know what what are what are expectations for Loudon. We haven't really talked much about Loudon. Um, they've lost some players. Um, I guess it's still unclear whether Gordon Wild will, he might end up being the backup forward. I guess they're, I, I think they're kind of like, you know, they're like, they have a sort of a contract offer. They have the contract kind of sitting there for Gordon Wild. They're like, let's go get some other players. And then if we can't find anybody else and we still need to fill a roster spot, yeah, let's go ahead and offer the contract to Gordon. Um, stinks, but that, that is what it is for, for Gordon. What are what are your expectations for Loudon this season? Uh, not high. Yeah. Low. Not not so low. Uh, I would say about where they were last year. They don't. They're not. They're not going to spend. They're not going to spend anything. Uh, I think. Uh, the, also, the attendance wasn't great. They've got to figure out what they're going to do to build sort of a consistent fan base out there before they decide how much money they're going to have to spend to make a competitive product. Um, they're going to continue to ride that DC United youth pipeline. Uh, Griffin Yao is going to get a lot of minutes. Um, 
that's good for us. Moses Neiman will get a lot of minutes. Earl Edwards, I don't. He doesn't get to play very much. Um, so I think he's just like an emergency goalie at this point. But yeah, I'm. I'm not, I don't. I don't expect a lot unless you see like some some serious free agent signings. Basically, they just seem to pull dudes out of the relative thin air in midseason last year. There would just be center backs that just all of a sudden appeared <laughs> and then started, and that happened like at least five times. So. I think that they they were definitely playing. They were definitely, as the horrible business cliche goes, they were building the plane while they were flying it. That is that is in fact what they were doing. Uh, and I hope that this year they're able to not have to have random midweek waiver wire pickups where I have to Google who this person is. Well, I mean, it seemed it, it seemed like it was very much sort of a shift in identity, sort of in the middle of the season. You start out with Rich Williams as the coach. Uh, Rich Williams is sort of building a team to sort of compete. Then they get Ryan Martin and Ryan Martin's like, no, no, this is going to be sort of all about development. We're going to develop players that that's the sort of the direction I want Loudon to be. Um, I, you know, I want them to be successful, but I want them to build a team where, you know, I don't know if we'll ever get to the New York level where they can throw out in a midweek game and like the fifth midweek game, they can rest like all their starters throw out a team and somehow pull off a victory. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get to that level just yet, but I want them to, I want this to be a, a team that sort of builds uh, that builds, you know, players for DC United that gives guys like Griffin Yao minutes and, and starts. Uh, this is going to be a big year for Griffin Yao. I'm, I'm not sure. I think he'll be a part of the Olympic team coming up. You would assume so. Uh, that he would be a part of that coming up, uh, the qualifying, which I think it depends how he plays up to then, right? Yeah. Like if he's not playing for anybody, then maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. But um, that's going to be something to watch. I think too is going to be uh, the U.S. men's national team moving into the Olympics. Uh, they have not qualified for the Olympics in a long time, um, and they need to qualify for the Olympics. So uh, hopefully they can do that. Hopefully Jason Christ can get it together, um, or he'll be fired, and it will they'll you know U.S. soccer will be without will be like short 51 coaches, which they already are right now. Um, so, hey, hey, U.S. Soccer, if you want to pay me, I'll move to Chicago and be a coach. I'll sit in the boardroom. <laughs> Why not? Why not? I will not. It's too cold. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Hey, hey, I'm not available for hire. If they pay me well, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Why not? Um, You've looked at their books. That's not happening. Unless your name is Jurgen Klinsman. <laughs> I don't think uh, anyone there is killing it. Yeah. Probably, probably, uh, probably true. I, I think I, I think I've been listening to some of the whole. I think they're going to walk that back. They're going to be like, well, no, we never said, you know, that you had to move to Chicago. You just have to come. You said you really, really, really should. It would be a great idea if you did. <laughs> I've been told. I've been told that from work before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh man, NBC Sports is picking up the Luka Modric uh, rumor now. Yeah, man, you got a BN is picking it up too. Everybody's picking it up. So big time. <clears throat> Pablo's getting them big hits. Yep, the, thirty-four. Yeah. He's uh, my age, so that's cool. <laughs> I mean, he's I'm totally not creaky, so I feel like he's probably not. No, although he is also a professional athlete, so we're not the same. He and I, we're very different than the age. Let's see. DC United won a. Here's something. DC United won a new star to replace Wayne Rooney, but Modric will unlikely be the one. Psh, psh, whatever. I think we. I think we've given the people what they want today. Yes, I think, I we think should, so. I think we should wrap it up. Twitter.com slash RFKRFGs, uh, Facebook.com slash RFKRFGs podcast. We'll try to do a better job of getting that. We're, we're pretty much a lot on Twitter, though. Um, <clears throat> we will probably um, maybe be moving to the live shows. I don't know. You guys got to kind of help dictate that a little bit. 
Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Sorry, if we, we gave you an extra long show because we wanted to make up. And we wanted to give you all the details, everything. Um, Patreon.com slash refugees if you want to donate to the show. That's it. I guess uh, we will catch you all next week, maybe. Who knows? De- to be determined. To we'll be see. determined. We'll see. We'll see how things go. Things were crazy this week, so maybe things continue to get crazy. Vamos. Vamos.